You're listening to a Time Machine podcast. Old movie Time Machine. An adventure through time and or space. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Old Movie Time Machine. On this show, we're using color films made in the old US of A between the years 1945 and 1965 as windows into the past. We climb through these windows, and we have ourselves a look around at the world as it was during this pivotal era following the Second World War. And while we do this, we're going to be asking some questions, some critical questions, such as, who are these people? What are their habits? How are they treating each other? What decisions are they making, and why? Also, and possibly most importantly, what are they wearing, and what do their living rooms look like? Then, at the end of the show, we'll be asking the vital question on behalf of all humanity. Do we keep watching this? Are we going to keep going? Or could we just leave it, leave it behind? We'll find out. I'm your host, by the way, through time and or space, Justin Zeppa, joined as ever by my international panel of experts at being human beings in the 21st century. I'm going to start with the most international of all, Miss Trish Manike. Hey, Trish. Hey, guys. What's Welcome back. Up? Thanks. Sorry, I just stepped all over your line there. That's my okay. bad. My bad. All I was going to say was, what's up? I'm very excited to talk about this movie. So you did have more. I was just, I wanted to give you space to- have more. Yeah, of course. You <laughs> She's a giver. She you know, gives people. Like to share. Um, but yeah, let's get into this. We're going to do it. And then also joining us from across the pond, uh, my sister and yours, Carolyn Narrows. What's up, sis? Hey there. Glad to be here for another great movie. We are so glad to have you. Uh, obviously, we're missing our co-hosts. So you pro- listeners, familiar listeners of the show will recall last week, uh, Catherine had to go down to the dig site, mm-hmm. crack some union skulls. She, of course, has to go. Uh, now she had to go to the police station to make a statement. Uh, our other co-host, Perindis, decided to go with her for moral support. And so they're just off doing that. And um and so we are just going to pick up the slack. Yeah, you know, these yeah. guys, they don't, I mean, they're there for each other. We're there, we're here for each other. And for the listeners. And for, for you guys. Right. Especially you uh, right. people behind the paywall. We love you guys. <laughs> you guys are doing great. Okay, you guys, we're talking this week, taking a trip to the grand year, the victory year of 1945. You better believe it. We watched Leave Her to Heaven. Shrishma, I feel like you have things to say. Why don't you start us off with your one-line snap judgment review? I mean, hold on. (laughs) Okay. I mean, what is heaven supposed to do for this chick? She's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Explain to me. That's a great point. And we'll try to do that very thing. I just don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Carolyn, how about you? One-line snap judgment review. Don't marry a stone cold bitch. <laughs> Are we allowed to swear on this one? Simple, yeah. yeah there's a. This is. We're a cursing show. I don't think we'll be able to do it any other way. And that's great advice for anybody in most occasions. 
Uh, I've got uh, society's recent acceptance of therapy and mood stabilizing medicines as a way of coping with mental health issues is as revolutionary as splitting the atom. There's got to be a better way. You think the meds would have helped her? There's got to be a better way. There's got to be some. I don't think she would have even taken the meds. (sighs) That's true. She would have swapped (laughs) them out. Right. (laughs) Yeah, with sugar pills or some fucking. Guys, all right. We had our fun. We did our one line. Right. (laughs) What do you, Shrishma? What are you thinking about this? So, (laughs) (laughs) so I was telling you guys, it's interesting because yeah, she's crazy. But, you know, there's been moments where you you want attention and you want everything to be, you know, just about you and the person you're with. Um, And, you know, it's not like I haven't had thoughts like, man, I'm sure this guy would just go or like there's other people around. Like, yeah, okay, sure. I've never wanted to like kill somebody, (laughs) um, but I would have said like, you know, some unpleasant things about them. We've all had those moments. Right. That's, there is a way to deal with them. Um, you know, maybe <laughs> not so far as murder. Um, but you know, at the same time, I think I, I thought it was, it was enjoyable in that I think this was finally a movie that I could like relate to in some kind of weird way. I love yeah. that you're relating um, to this movie. And so not, you know, not like a, I've been that crazy. That Maybe crazy, it's like, because you're a man, Justin, that you can't, under, you're a man, baby, and you can't I'm, understand uh, that the ladies have some thoughts and feelings sometimes. Hey, I'm a, I'm a sensitive <laughs> modern man. I have plenty of thoughts and feelings, and I get it. I, I understand where you're coming from. I, uh, you, I have... I've been blinded, like, I, there's definitely been instances in my instances in my life where I've just been blinded by, like, pure emotion yeah. that, you know, nothing else really matters yeah and so i get it yeah um again i would recommend you know do some journaling or something uh, like that kill someone <laughs> not yet yet there's hope that's for fair, you that's fair um <laughs> carol do you have anything to add to, to this yeah. odd yes so take? snake hot snake <laughs> this hot snake it's hot snakes i Definitely had a moment at the beginning of the film where I thought it was going to go in a different direction a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, maybe I was remembering or feeling getting Chinatown vibes mm-hmm. when, when we get there, we can discuss it. But when the, uh-huh. the, our main character, Ellen, her cousin Ruth is introduced and she's like, Oh, well, Mrs. So and so, whatever their names were. Yeah. adopted me i was like this woman already has daddy issues is this actually her daughter and not her cousin oh i, I kind of forgot about the adoption part yeah that is i really mm. like in this it does make sense in the context of this movie that she was adopted and why the mother wanted to adopt her but like i had this moment where i was like she has full-on crazy daddy issues because that's so that'd be my oh, fault yeah. don't marry yeah. a stone cold bitch especially one with daddy <laughs> issues because yeah. <laughs> and, and is- listeners <laughs> Ooh. Listeners, if you if you have not seen this movie and you're like Stone Cold Bitch, this is a little harsh. You know, like this is a little Go, stop the, what you're boy, doing. Teams, go watch it. Go watch <laughs> I recommend this. Look, you guys, I love this movie. Are you guys ready to poke around? You want to see what's happening in, in 45? We're opening with the 20th Century Fox logo, classic logo, right? This movie opens with a really heavy fanfare, ending with a, a, a sort of foreboding timpani sort of heartbeat pulse that that takes us right into uh, Deer Lake, Maine, mm-hmm. which is a, a, a stunning spot w- with with an enormous sky. I mean, 
everything about this movie is it, framing wise, everything that we see in this film is the biggest version of that thing that you can conceive of. So when we're looking outside, we're seeing outside, we're seeing across uh, this massive lake, tons you know of it's sky. Not actually in Maine though, right? Where is this at? Do you know? It's it's in the Sierra Mountains. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's like like California. Um, it said it at the end credits, and I can't remember which lake it is, but this uh, is actually okay. out in California. Richard pulls up. Uh, his name is Richard Harland, mm-hmm. uh, also known as Dick Harland. Uh, he he comes up in this uh, lovely boat and is uh, helped onto the dock by Glenn Roby. His we find out his former attorney. So already we're sort of wondering what's this all about? What's happening here? Mm-hmm. And we get a, we get some fun shots of the locals, uh, some mm-hmm. local fisher people. Like I, I like everything about uh, this older couple here. From again, we got corduroy jackets, we've got you know floppy fishing hats, we've got uh, you know rowboats, and and just this beautiful sky back there. This is a great look for everybody, and they've all kind of come out to witness the arrival of. Of Dick Harlan. And so. Because this is his home, I guess. From. It is. He's been away for a couple of years, we find. We run into a a pair of uh, older gentlemen as well. And the only reason I want to talk about these guys is because, again, the outfits. I mean, like, this is just. (laughs) They're so great. How you should dress as a a man, I think. Um, But these guys look great. The lawyer, Glenn Roby. Uh, sort of ushers Richard over to a canoe mm-hmm. and he sends him off to uh, across the lake. And we're kind of wondering, all right, what's going on here? And one of the locals asks, you know, isn't that Dick Harlan? And what is he doing? Like, what is what's going happened? on with this guy? Yeah. And Glenn Roby starts to tell us the tale of, well, a couple of years ago, this guy ran into uh, a real fistful of trouble, right? And he ended up going to jail. I was his attorney. I was his very awful attorney who let him go to jail. Uh, some For some reason, he's still talking to me. Did uh, he go to jail? Yeah, he goes to jail. So this is him returning back. Okay, okay. Maybe I missed that part. <laughs> and the place that he's going to is a, a cabin called Back of the Moon. Right. This uh, lake that we're at is shaped uh, like a crescent moon. And apparently, on the back of it, he's got this little place. So he's going out there. Uh, returning to his home after a couple years mm-hmm. in the slammer. Now, to get to the point of, well, why did this why happen? Why did he go to jail? Yeah, we have to flashback. So, uh, who are we talking about here? Of course, we're talking about <laughs> the her from Leave Her the to her. Heaven. Yeah, <laughs> The stone cold bitch. <laughs> uh, stone cold bitch, also known as Ellen Barrent. Yes. Ellen Barrent. And we meet her on the train. So, uh, Dick Harlan is is on a a, a Beautiful, one of Art Decoy's style train, and he's really living. What's that? I love this train. This is a fantastic train. It's it's a great look all around. So I have a question here: yeah. Is the book she's reading is the author? It's him. It's him, right? Yeah. Okay. This is every you know. So as a writer, I must tell you, this mm. is every man's you know. Any writer, not even a man. Excuse right. me. Excuse me. Any writer's fantasy of like. I'm going to go on to uh, this transportation. Yes. Must include transportation. No, it could be a supermarket. Anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. I'm going to go somewhere and see a beautiful person that I'm attracted to reading my book. Mm. I mean, this is... I mean, this is the best day of this guy's life, right? Until he watches her fall asleep right. while she's reading it. 
Oh, and we should also note, uh, that just real quick, uh, there is an ashtray over here right. next to her on this flat surface. <laughs> but I have to say, uh, and perhaps you guys noticed this as well, very few ashtrays in this movie. In this movie, it, oh, yeah. Uh, this really is our, the bread and butter of this program, of I course. I think finally I've learned to keep track of the ashtrays. Okay. And this time, like, the mental count was much lower. So low. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, low. They're, they're there. But again, I, and we talked they're about this prominent. last week. I think I feel like America, and this is not true at all, but it feels like America is still starting to smoke at this point. You know, like this, we're still like, yeah, I'd like to have a cigarette. I need one ashtray, not 13 like Brad Allen from Pillow Talk. (laughs) Not Um, by uh, 1959 standards of one (laughs) on every available surface. 59. What a glorious year for scotch and cigarettes like that. And hatlessness, too. (laughs) It's a real... Pivot point for the U.S. of A. Feeling themselves in 1959. 59. It's not. Yeah, right. It's not quite the scary 60s yet. We're definitely deep into 50. Yeah, that's right. We got uh, Kennedy's in off. uh, No, Kennedy's about to be elected. Yeah, about to be elected. Uh, It's an exciting time. Camelot. Yeah. I was going to say, like, you know, they've had like 10 years since the war at this point. 10, 15 years. In 59. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah, so uh, it must have gotten better. Things have gone kind of mm-hmm. they've stabilized a little bit. You know, the US is at the yeah. top of the world. And we're yeah, we're really Super feeling power. ourselves. We can smoke forever. <laughs> Who needs it? Um, we'll we'll no, figure out sweet. cancer, no problem. <laughs> we we split the atom. <laughs> so there's a very long sequence. Uh, she eventually wakes up and there's a very long sequence where she watches him as he lights a cigarette that just goes on forever, it feels like. And he's sort of like, yeah, she's checking me out. But then it turns out that she thinks that he looks just like her father, (laughs) which is, I have a note here, red flag, exclamation point. Um, Beware. Just be, it's good to be aware. I'm not going to say anything one way or the other about it. Just, you know, you start mixing mixing the things so early, like right away. But he, as soon as this comes out, he immediately starts working her. He is over sitting next to her all of a sudden. He's like putting the moves on, talking about how he'd been staring at her and exotic words drifted across the mirror of his mind. And, um, you know, tales of the Arabian Nights and frankincense. Like Shahrazad. Yes, and myrrh and, and patchouli, she says, you know, and so that becomes her nickname is patchouli. So Ellen, of course, is very, very clever. And she's also in the middle of reading this book. So she just calls out his, his lines as like, yeah, this is, you're just pulling this right from the book. This is a uh, shame on you. And here we, we do get some wide shots of this beautiful train. And here's, since we're low on ashtrays, here's what I'd like to do for this film is I'd like to do sort of like a ceiling inventory because okay. uh, so much of this film is ceilings. It's it's framed in uh, such a strange way. I've never, I don't think I've seen cinematography like this where the characters just fill the bottom half of a screen and then the top half is just the ceiling. It turns out that they're getting off at the same stop and they're going to the same ranch which is owned by their friend, Glenn, the lawyer, whom we have already met. Meanwhile, you know, while everybody's hanging out here at, at, at Glenn Roby's ranch, everybody keeps talking about this Danny guy. Mm. How's Danny doing? Where's, you know, where's Danny at? What's up with Danny? Are you going to go see Danny? What's the deal? And so it makes the viewer, us, wonder, who is this compelling Danny guy? Well, we're not going to find out just yet, you guys, because talk uh, 
quickly turns to dead dad. We have a, we we go to an amazing dinner, which looks uh, again just very Downton Abbey esque uh, without the servants and the butlers. Yes, we do have one servant. It looks oh, like. Uh, she's back there with yes. a tray again. Ceiling alert, everybody! But that's in this no dining footman. Room. Uh, and it's, you know, it's the footman who served the dinners. But <laughs> they're also not dressed in black tie. Yeah, can I ask you guys this? How is Bates doing? Bates is better. Is Bates managing? They had a, they had a baby. I. So he's living the life of his dreams now. <laughs> but are you sure Bates but I am is managing? Well, we'll have to see in the next movie that comes out. <laughs> Yeah, we have to wait and see yeah. the updates on the Bateses. Bateses. Apologies to Catherine for the accents, but this is just what you guys sound like. It is. I tried to do it, but I couldn't. Seriously, be honest with me, Bates. Are you managing? It's all right. Well, I'm I fine, have, sir. I'm I have, fine. I have a son now. Yeah. And he's quite a handful. What's the... Uh, uh, not to be confused with Carson, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Hughes. You know they get married Mrs. too. Hughes? Do they? They mm, oh, do. Damn. Sorry, I didn't mean to spoil. No, it. it's cool. It's I, I mean spoiler alert from like eight years ago, right? Uh, right. You never put the melon spoon next to the soup spoon, Mrs. Hughes. <laughs> so we're at this beautiful dinner. We've got again tall candles, very uh, on brand for the time. We've seen tall candles all over the goddamn place. Hanging out, everybody's having a great time. Talk turns to dead dad, uh, and it is about because Ellen how- just can't not talk about her daddy. She loves talking about she daddy, loves him, and-, and she just can't. You, mother, don't you see how? Uh, oh, did we talk about the mom? We we met mom we and met Ruth, mom right? And, sister. and the sister Ruth, right? Who's also a knockout. But is a classic uh, younger sister, right? Sort of uh, will forever be um, in the shadow of. Ellen, I would think. Yeah, I mean, so, but the whole background story on that, which unlike my version where she was really Ellen's daughter by her father, <laughs> uh, incest, it's it's a plot line. Um, <laughs> oh, you thought that so, Ruth was uh-huh. her daughter? No. No. <laughs> I thought that's where this movie was heading. Oh, so the, this I is because oh, really of the Chinatown. That she's my daughter. She's my right. sister. She's my daughter. She's oh, okay. My sister. She's I was my daughter. Uh, she's see. I wasn't quite sure what your so Chinatown. I thought her obsession with her father was because she and her father were having like an incestuous. He's my father. Affair. He's my Not- husband. He's my father. He's my husband. I was. I, I actually right. thought that maybe she actually killed her dad for the same reason all of the other uh, stuff happens, but that story never really comes out. No. How, like how the dad I died think there were, and like what their relationship was. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I think there were a couple of roads not taken in this movie. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, you're it's like, 1945, guys. Right, right. It's like an hour and 40 minutes into the movie and all of a sudden we discover there's a basement laboratory? What the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> right. why, why are we just finding out about the basement laboratory now? So, yeah, she's like, well, that's cool, but I got to get married. Let's do this. And she vows to never, ever let Richard go. Mm-hmm. Yeesh. So then <laughs> we move into the next phase of our film, you guys. We're going to Warm Springs, Georgia. By the way, we're meeting Danny. We've heard so much about this Danny character. What's his deal? And it turns oh, out Danny. that Danny is Richard's little brother. And yes, he... Polio, and he can no longer uh, walk. You just thought he had an accident. I'm here to tell you, 
Kid has polio. Okay. No, I. <laughs> this this all lines up for me. I, this is why swimming only upper body, yeah. but would have been very therapeutic because it would make him feel like a you know. Yeah. That's interesting because sure. I was wondering how he they were swimming in the first place. So well, it's all upper body strength. I guess so, but also right. he was able to do some crutch walking, mm-hmm. as we find out. He's been yeah. practicing, so he's. Uh, I mean, he's not gonna. He's not gonna walk again, right? Not no, yeah. not like without not, no. But it's There's just no more of this. handling yourself. So we meet Danny. He's he's a sweet kid. This guy, and he really loves Richard. You know, Dix is his hero, basically, and he's super excited to see him. He's missed him a lot. So later, Ellen is chatting with Danny, who brags that only three people in the world have ever been to Back of the Moon, and we're going to hear a lot about Back, Back of the Moon at this point. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is the cabin up at the lake in Maine slash Tahoe or, you know, wherever uh, the Sierras. Bass Lake. Uh, tap the Rockies, whatever one, whatever one does. So, and he basically invites himself along to Back of the Moon. And Ellen is bummed about it because, again, she's made it very clear she wants Richard to herself. Pardon me, pardon me, team. Sorry, guys. Sorry to, to break in here into my my own retelling of Leave Her to Heaven. You guys, you guys just want the ending, the thrilling conclusion. I know, I know, but we're only halfway there, and I gotta tell you about the merch store. So here we go. Uh, we've got a T Public store where you can support our program. We're an independent podcast, uh, so everything that you send our way absolutely helps us make our show. So please. Check out the link in the show notes. Uh, today, I want to recommend for you, my fine friend, uh, it's a new design called the Atomic Living Room, and it is just very much of what we do here. We dress up in jumpsuits, protective gear, and we travel through time, and we check out people's living rooms from a bygone era. Bygone it? And we will continue to do so, with your help, of course. So please, I would like to see you get the Atomic Living Room. May I please recommend to you, uh, person, this, uh, it's sort of a, it's one of these tall, it's one of those, I don't, I don't know what they're called exactly, like the thermal mugs, the tall ones, the ones that you put your gas station coffees in. You pour it in there, it's plastic, it's got a great design on the outside, uh, Atomic Living Room in this case, and you screw the lid on and you've got yourself portable coffee that will remain at that temperature for a designated amount of time. So please get one of these today. Thank you. Back to the show. So this, the series of events that happens at this point is the whole goddamn gang is here. It's her, it's Dick, it's Danny, it's Thorne. Back of the Moon is feeling very crowded mm-hmm. for Ms. Ellen. Danny's been practicing on the sly. His swimming, and he wants to impress his brother Dick, of course. And Ellen, who's been a very good sport about all this, allegedly. So we cut to them out in the the rowboat, the old family rowboat. She is giving him a rather sensual uh, massage of suntan oil. Does is that even was that is, even oil? Okay, that was actually oil. It looked like maple syrup or something like that. Um, okay. Well, when in Maine, I, yeah, I guess so. This is how we do it up here. Yeah. 
uh, maple syrup over there, rub it on my backside. They have a little like tickle party and everything, and it's eh, I don't know, it's uncomfortable. It's but awkward. This, yeah, this is maybe what happened in the in the mid nineteen forties. I guess this is what this is what victory in the Pacific brought us was. They weren't applying sunscreen oily back that rubs. much. We can tell you. <laughs> So she's like, all right, get in that water, Danny. Starts swimming. He's like, well, I made it, you know, halfway across last time. I think I can make it all the way now. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you go do that. And as she slowly rows behind him and he makes no progress forward until he's like, I'm I'm getting tired. Yeah, he gets a little stitch in his side. I can't go anymore. I'm tired. And she's like, no, keep going, Danny. You're fine. Don't worry about it. I'll I'll make sure you're okay. But does she, like, throw him off direction, too? So does she, like, send him on, like, a long path? I guess so. I don't think he's making it in any path that he's taking, in my opinion, from what I can see. she does. You're right, Trishma, though, because he's like, okay, I'm not going to look. I'm just going to go. And he's like, I'll direct you. Yeah, I'll keep your course. I'll keep your direction or whatever. Right, and she kind of looks behind and looks forward and is clearly not keeping any kind of direction. Yeah, so so he's getting winded, and he's just like, so he starts gasping and everything. This poor guy, he, you know, he's trying so hard. And she's just like, keep going, Danny. Keep going. And at this point... You can do it. Yeah, her face is a, is a mask of... It's stone cold. It's, yeah, it's chilly. <laughs> you don't want to see this face. And she's got these sunglasses on. And she's wearing this big old, uh, like, swimsuit White terry cloth yeah. robe. Right, with massive lapels. And she's out rowing this boat like, yeah, yeah, you're fine, Danny. He keeps, he keeps swimming. And then, oh, my goodness, he starts to, he's, he really starts gasping. And he starts asking for help. And she's just I mean, he drowns so quickly. I was like, this is, it's on par with them putting Fredo in the boat and Godfather 2. Yeah. Like, yes, absolutely. It is... Shockingly quick, and also it makes sense. I mean, he's like, it's a little bit colder than I thought it was gonna be, and, uh, uh, and she's just like, oh no, Danny, no, no, and she just, she just, folks, she watches sits him. there and watches him, watches him drown. And I'll tell you what I love about this scene, other than her just being so chilly about it. I mean, it's the uh, the equivalent of the Martians in War of the Worlds, mm. just like no mercy. You're dead now. Sorry. This works for me. Uh, but I love this scene because there is no music. Oh, okay. And yes. this movie is really good about, and I know it was just the style at the time, but I do think it's really effective okay. because one thing that I have gotten so tired of in the past 20 years is the manipulation that a soundtrack can do. Score. Yeah. And I, I, look, I, I'm not made of stone. And the foreshadowing here. a soundtrack can do. Mm. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, as heard in our, our foreboding timpani earlier in this film. But look, I, you know, I like, I like a great score, of course. You know, I grew up with Johnny Boy Williams and all this stuff. I love it. But just, I don't need, look, if they're sad, I don't always need the weepy strings. If it's uh, some kind of moment of crisis like we have here, I don't need to hear the cellos. Just like let this kid drown in this lake in the middle of fucking nowhere while this crazy woman watches he drowns so quickly. Again, he's just like, I mean, it goes from, like, it's a it's a quick scene. Yeah, but it the lack of music momentum mm-hmm. seems to stretch time a mirror, bit. Mm-hmm. Mirror her soul. Yeah, and also, yeah, just the, the empty, the, the blank, the mm-hmm. void that, that lives within her. 
And at this point, then Dick comes outside. She sees that. And she's like, oh, okay, I got to start my performance. And she starts doing her Danny No, Danny No stuff. And yeah, and I mean, I don't know how they did this, but he goes under the water for a long time. And then it's just bubbles coming up and it's bone chilling yeah. and awesome. And this is halfway through this film. This is the most important part. This is shocking to me. This is this is the part where I was like, oh, I got to talk about this with somebody. I need to show this to somebody. And here we are. You guys, we did it a couple years later. <laughs> and here we are. Thank you podcast. so much. So this had to be like, I mean, we're shocked as a modern audience. Yeah. And I hadn't seen this movie before. So you've got to think about a 1945 audience. It's probably like. <gasps> yeah. So, okay. Run me through this. You guys, we probably should have front loaded with this, but like you guys had not seen this before. No. This movie. What this do to you? This, this scene? So obviously I was shocked. Like it was like, whoa. Legitimately shocked. Like, like, yeah. Yo. And, but there was, I felt like she was going to do something, but I didn't realize it was, you know, it was okay. going to be um, this <laughs> Cold-blooded, drastic. Yeah. Um, and I didn't also didn't realize it was like one of three crazy things she goes on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm surprised, I guess, because you didn't know that it was a polio context there that I'm like, oh, this kid's going to drown. So, like, I knew it was coming. Oh, uh, okay. But okay. I just, and then at that point I was like, oh, this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> that was my reaction was just like, you're stone cold bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't compare it to anything. I can't think of anything off the top no. of my head that's contemporary that has the same just ruthless impact and and, you know there's and we're inundated with violence and media so on and so forth but but this is but this but this is special about this this one i don't know this scene okay but for we've already talked about like okay so we are as a modern audience we see all these things like sex scenes violence you name it Mm -hmm. but how sexy was that cigarette scene in north by northwest yeah red hot on the train like we were like oh yeah oh like we don't need the human imagination doesn't need much to set us off on like we don't need a violent scene yeah this is a sad death you know i mean obviously like godfather 2 it was like they took fredo on the boat like taking a dog out back to put him down like Mm -hmm. this is different though this is like a vibrant young man that she's like i'm gonna let you die because you're in my way that's the thing fredo you know fredo's of that world there was a very good chance that michael was gonna do this to him at some point anyway right right where this is like an innocent young man who just got on her last nerve which to me i'm also like hey don't fuck with women which is that the the takeaway okay yes (laughs) don't fuck with me i might be on my last nerve (laughs) fair enough If you happen to die, <laughs> I can't be blamed. Yeah. Oh, I tried. I just my oh, paralyzed. I, it's crazy. I don't know what what happened. I was in shock. It was happening. I couldn't move. And yeah, and we get it. Okay, so from here we we go to Bar Harbor, and it is so sad. And Dick is so sad. I mean, he's sitting out on the on the rocks of Bar Harbor next to this beautiful matte painting of a, a nice house. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the you know the sea spray is hitting him, and he doesn't give a shit. He's just you know he's in a full suit. My Dan- by yeah. the way, and hat, <laughs> <laughs> sitting in the surf. Yes, depressed. So sad about a little Danny, Danny boy. And so at Bar Harbor, by the way, this is where uh, Ellen's uh, mom and sister, cousin Ruth live. Oh, we didn't even talk about to be nice. What's his butt? What is his name? Thorne? I could never remember it. Thor- no, oh. um, the, our main character's Dick. name. Richard. Yeah. Dick. Right. Okay. That's right. He, before Danny passing away in a drowning accident, 
Uh, he had invited the mother and the sister up to visit. That really put pushed Ellen That's off the edge. And then right. Danny was sort of like, they invited, I think that they knew what was going to happen because they invited Danny down to visit them in Bar Harbor where there's a school and things. And they tried this a and couple times. Dick was like, no. Yeah. And they like kept offering it. So now we are in Bar Harbor yeah, here where we are. Danny could have gone and been happy and loved. Mm, nope. Nope. No frolicking for Danny in, in Bar Harbor. But yeah, this, no, this comes dead. up a couple times. And Ellen, this is actually in the boat right before he goes yeah. in. Is She's he like, well, yeah, don't you want to go to maybe just check out Bar Harbor? We'll be there in a couple weeks. I need privacy i mm. i need alone time with my new husband and he's like nah i'm gonna wait for dick for all I, of us to go you, we're gonna go together and i'm just a part of your life now i'm not sure if you knew that, that when you signed up but here i am anyway time for my swim <laughs> sorry danny i know it's mean uh but buddy but it was. he's a kid I'm, he can't read the situation no he can't is he a kid how old is danny he looks like i don't know 15. i think he's like 14 15. Okay. Okay. I, I feel like we're we're veering very close to late teens. Okay. Yeah, but I know some clueless late teens. Oh, I have oh, no, a yeah, no question about it. <laughs> and he is this guy is as clueless as it gets. Because he's what a life. He he's had no room in his life to learn social He just had to deal with normalcy. polio most yeah, Exactly, right. He's been doing that. Totally understandable. Danny, it's not your fault. I'm sorry, but you had to go. So <laughs> Bar Harbor. We're back with mom, we're back with Ruth. Uh, and they're talking Dick about- Dick is convalescing on the- <laughs> The sea, rocks. the seaside. She looks so sad, for God's sake. And, uh, they talk about his grief and how it's ruined back in the moon for him. He's like, I can never go back there. And, uh, Ruth makes the suggestion that maybe if they had a baby- <laughs> Because babies solve all the problems. This could fix the issues. And Ellen, because she's Ellen- into it and so boy that happens because it would make him happy yeah so and he is happy about it he is and happy she's immediately like i uh, fucked to share my this. life now with the baby uh yes and we fast forward to a, a couple of months where she is now pregnant and uh dick and ruth and mom are rehabilitating dad's laboratory yeah. dead dad was a scientist he had a laboratory in bar harbor in his house and uh they're turning that into the nursery so then we get a little reference to oh yeah all the laboratory stuff had to go to the basement this is the basement lab we were talking about earlier what's happened <laughs> during these months of early pregnancy is that uh it turns out that ellen is a bit of a pill when she is pregnant <laughs> And Richard is like, well, I have no joy in my life since my brother uh, drowned uh, actually under your care, honey. So, uh, but I do like Ruth is chill and uh, we have a great time together. And she gardens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, we, we didn't even talk about how she was out building a yeah. garden. She, her nickname is the gal with the hoe. Oh, right. She this. has a, she has a, so he had a pet name for her at the beginning, which was the patchouli. Yeah. Or that. And then now he has a pet name for, for the sister. So I think that also really triggers um, oh, yeah. a girl here. Yes. And what a nickname, Girl with the Hoe. Yeah. Girl with the Hoe. <laughs> like, I feel he could have I done mean, better. It was a different time. In all these scenes, it's so clear that Ellen's mother and sister cousin are, are very like scared of her. And very knowing. Like, yeah. they know. Yeah, they do know. But, like, 
Why not have an honest conversation with Dick and be like, it takes like they're so veiled about their comments and saying like, she loves too much. Yes. We should be like, bitch, she's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, this is. I also want to point out this. Thunder. Well, this nursery was just. It's just a reminder of how shitty toys were back then. <laughs> We've gotten so much better Fair. at toys. All of these toys look awful. That nothing looks like any fun. Like yeah. this. This like is that, just a porcelain pigeon. Like, like what is this? Two minutes. Yeah. Um, Thirty seconds. Okay, then this would be the Cliffs of Monterey, right? I believe. Yes. It's supposed to be Bar Harbor, but that's totally modern. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ellen comes up to the nursery, too, while they're redecorating. Yeah. And she, she gets, gets upset. She, well, she gets shamed for climbing stairs. Do pregnant women, are, are they not allowed to climb stairs? Maybe like by 1945, rather, probably. She's supposed to be rather bedridden, it seems like. And that's what she's also pissed about, is that this baby's holding her That's hostage. the thing, yeah. The doctor comes over and is like, you know, you need to stop gadding about. Quote, unquote, mm-hmm. gadding about. You guys, you you women, and you're gadding, <laughs> and you're murders. She doesn't even look pregnant. <laughs> so she's, you know, the rule is no shrimps, no stairs. That's right. the name of the game. And that's that's a policy, actually, that we follow on this podcast, too. No shrimps, no stairs. And she's hating it, of course. So, And she watches as uh, Dick and Ruth do human things together in front of a projected backdrop, which is the Monterey Cliffs, of course, and Bar Harbor, uh, yeah, and so on and so forth. Ellen points out that Ruth is actually more fun than she is and that she hates her own baby. Because she called it a little beast. Yeah, yeah. And she also, (laughs) yeah. So she decides, look, I can't do this baby thing anymore. This is really holding me back. Nobody wants to hang out with me. Babies are overrated. Yeah. Newsflash. I thought this would bring us closer together, but really all it's done is brought him closer to sister cousin. So she concocts a plan. Trishma, would you like to tell us about this plan right now? Yeah, so she d- <laughs> she decides to send yeah. her baby to heaven. No. <laughs> she, oh, maybe she, that's what the reference is. Right, leave maybe, the baby leave, to heaven. Leave it. Uh, but she basically throws herself down um, a flight of staircase. Yeah. Stairs. She um. So she, she causes now causing herself harm to get rid of this child that she really doesn't yeah. want. Yeah. Just to have Richard. Just to have him all to herself. She's got to even in death. So here is where I would have drawn the line. <laughs> so, oh, this is the... This is... I mean, why would I hurt myself? Oh, oh, if you were in her right. shoes. Okay, okay. Right, I was right. like, I was thinking from Richard's perspective. I'm no. like, yeah, you don't think the brother death is, is enough to pull the plug <laughs> in this? Okay. Like if, if I would, you know, like kill it, Self-harm is where I would draw the line. Yeah, okay. Like being obsessive. Sure, about. sure. And I feel like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a testament to her craziness at this point because, I mean, she is a very uh, wealthy, well-put-together woman, right. very smart, charming when she wants to be, but she's like, I'm going to show these motherfuckers. I'm going to show everybody. I'm going to get rid of this I baby. always win. Yeah, so she uh, she takes a little uh, a shoe and she wedges it into the carpet awkwardly, and then she just goes for it. She just takes a breath Flings and throws her herself. body down Oh, my God. Stairs. I mean, it's... And this is the second moment within, what, 10, 15 minutes where I'm like, oh, my oh. God, like, what is this movie? <laughs> what is this? And that's why we're talking about it today, you guys. So then, then we cut to her having, living her best life post miscarriage. Yeah, so then I got really trim. confused because I thought this was actually Ruth. Um, but it's actually They do look her. a lot alike. They do. But she is out on the beach and she is swimming and she's having a great time. Baby free. Yeah. 
Oh, she and she made up some story about how she was sleepwalking. Mm. This is how it happened, apparently, and it is all so fake. At this point, though, Ruth wants to move out because the vibes are just too right. weird in the house. Right. She can't stand to live in the house. Yeah. So, and she's just like, with with your love, you wrecked mother's life. With your love, you pressed father to death. With your love, you've made a shadow of Richard. You're the most pitiful creature I've ever known. Damn. Deal with that. Damn. Just truth being laid out by Ruth. That's, <laughs> the Ruth truth coming at you. <laughs> This is normal sibling behavior. <laughs> Carolyn, do you remember the time I told you about how you ruined our parents' lives and probably caused a divorce? No, 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 no. I, um, <laughs> no, but I do remember when you told me that um, I was raised by squirrels and you found me in the Colorado tundra. Oh, that does sound like me. Um, yeah. Look, it's the privilege of an older brother to I feel fuck like with the younger sibling. I have a, I have a, a cousin's, <laughs> it's like an older brother and his younger sister. Yeah. And he always told her that um, they found her in the garbage. And then like, <laughs> just, I think, I I, I think I like, that's every older shit? sibling's wish is that, like, we're not we actually, actually related. Love you, like, uh. <laughs> we just felt sorry for you. You yeah. kind of, you kind of crashed our party yeah. and I. I'm telling you that, like, you're not actually related. You're garbage. You're actual garbage. Um, at this point, uh, Dick's book also arrives. He's been working, typing away as, as writers do, yeah. and, and the book is published. Yep. And Ellen gets a look at it, and she checks the inscription because, you know, we had made reference to this earlier about how, uh, you know, her her mom was like, you know, just dedicate them all to Ellen. She she needs it, she, you know. She needs it. It was her. more like advice to like, you know, it at that point it's like if you don't if you if you don't dedicate it to her, you're probably causing yourself a lot of like Oh uh, yeah, right. Trouble. Look, so you might as well just put them all to her now. Save yourself save some, yourself. Ha- yeah. some hassle, right? But what does he do? He dedicates it to the gal with the hoe. Richard might have been a misstep, buddy. Right. Probably I mean, again, I'd be upset too if my husband wrote a book yeah. and dedicated it to somebody else. Yeah. I wouldn't be too happy. Yeah. And I don't know. Um, okay. So Richard's dealing with the death of Danny, the death of his uh, his baby. He's going through a lot of things or whatever. Decision-wise, though, he still finished the book. Right. got the book published. Right. Still was able to, you know, made the decision to like... Oh, my crazy wife who's killing everything I love <laughs> or her sister who is, is actually cool and I enjoy her company. Uh, but, you know, can this marriage be saved, you guys? <laughs> like, at that point, Dick, what are you doing? Like, get out of there. Right. But it's 1945. The marital bonds are not broken so easily, you guys. Anyway, you know, Ruth reads of the riot act, takes off. Ellen turns around. Dick's standing there looking like a complete fucking zombie mm. because his life is over. And she's like, you know, I, I can't help but notice that you dedicated your book to the gal with the hoe. Interesting, right. honey. He is just behaving really strangely. And she is very suspicious. And she's like, you know, what, honey, ever since Danny. And then she kind of like drops off or whatever. And she goes on a rant about the drowning and about how like, I tried to save him. I really did. And, you know, I was just, it was, it was just like a nightmare. And he's like, you know, yeah, kind of like walking in your sleep, huh? Ooh, yeah, twist that knife. He's getting suspicious. Yeah, and he melts down and he demands some answers. And she does confess, which is very unexpected. 
But the other thing that we need to note about the room that this happens in is that great nautical artwork up here. Got some pewter Mm -hmm. and we've got some clipper ships and that's all you need in life to be happy. Okay. So at this point, Dick's sort of like, you know, you never actually wanted this baby. So I'm going to take off. Now's the time. Why he didn't do this before publishing the book. I, I don't know, but he's, he's made his decision. Good for him. We then cut to Ellen in some excellent silk pajamas again. With her. Rocking her her initials on there. Lovely monogram. And she is writing a letter. And she's writing that letter to former fiance, Quentin, district attorney, would-be politician, guy she totally burned, right? Burned so Mm -hmm. bad. But he'll still love her is what he told her. He'll always love her. That's right. So what does she do? She writes this letter. She goes down to father's laboratory uh, stuff. And again, they've just reconstructed the laboratory from the attic down into the basement. Probably could have spent a couple more scenes here. Just uh, labs are very compelling, right? I mean, I was personally waiting for grandpa from the monsters. I know. I thought the same thing. (laughs) Oh, grandpa's going to whip up a love potion for her. And they're all going to, there's going to be some shenanigans. There's going to be a mix up. They're going to pour it into the wrong uh, bowls of oatmeal. It's a great episode, by the way. My Fair Munster. Check it out, everybody. Uh, she goes down to the laboratory. She finds herself some uh, some old school, what is it, arsenic or something like this? Or mm-hmm. Good old arsenic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And she starts doing Good a lot. Good old poison. Yeah, it's poison <laughs> time up in this house. So, oh yeah, so she goes up to Ruth's bathroom. And how do we know it's Ruth's bathroom? Well, her name is written on the right. towels. So, and she swaps out some bath salts with this arsenic. Uh, then we go to the Continental Airways desk. Where Dick is about to take off, he's about to fly his life out of there. Good for him. And he to Mexico. That's possible, right? Because they that's where the book was set. Yeah, right, right. And Ruth said she was going to Mexico. Ah, Good for him. Why not? Why not? You don't need this, Richard. But Ellen is clearly setting the stage to put the blame on someone, and that someone is Ruth. Oh, yeah. There's so many bottle-switching shenanigans happening at this point. It's a bit dizzying. So Richard is paged, though, right before he gets to go to Mexico to be with his, his lady love. And he finds out that Ellen is actually ailing in bed. She, you know, she's not feeling very well. And if we go to this bedroom, we can see a really fun a portrait of a cat back here that I quite enjoy. Just a cat lounging <laughs> mm-hmm. on a book. But anyway, she looks very sad and uh, and appears to be dying, in fact. Right. and No ashtrays on the bedside, just a glass of water. Interesting, right? Because, I don't know, if I know I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to have a cigarette. But anyway, she, uh, she, she tells him that she wants to be cremated and scattered just like old dad. And then she says, I'll never let you go, Richard. And she finally passes away. Now, this part shocked me. Th- that she died. That she died. Yeah, okay. I was like, and you'd, you'd think, movie over, she's dead. Yep. But no. Crazy times, the end. Uh-oh, enter Vincent Price. The lawyer. So Quentin, of course, her her long lost uh, former fiance, he gets this letter and you know submits it as evidence and all this, and he, uh, boy, Vincent Price, really chewing on this scenery, huh? Really mm-hmm. just gnawing away. But he gets everybody up on the stand and he just hammers them. And uh, I really do appreciate his performance. Like he's he's fucking giving it to Richard, especially of like so 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 you're in love with Ruth. You you love your wife, of course, but you know, do you love her in September? Do you love her in October? When are you loving when her? When do you stop loving right. her? And when does she become a, a problem to you? Kind of, uh, and I'm sure we've all been in this 
situation where it's like, I would love like in, in a, in a relationship issue situation of like, I would love uh, an independent party to come in right. here and start hitting us with these types of questions. Well, do you love me now? Do you love me tomorrow? <laughs> Who do you love? When did you, what does he say? Uh, are you in love with Ruth? He just hits that four times in a row. Are you in love with Ruth? Are you in love with Ruth? And Richard, of course, is a zombie, so he's, he's got nothing. He starts crying, I think. Uh, yeah, he, he breaks down, yeah. yeah. He's a broken man. He is. He's lost a brother, a baby, and a wife. And now, yeah, and now Ruth is... And now the, Ruth is about to go to prison. Yeah. And, and it's just all... And I think it's all happened in a span of six months, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. It's I don't know. Something like that, though. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. It's right. a lot for people to deal with. Ruth yeah. takes the stand. Quentin starts hammering her as well, you know, like... Right. Oops, are you in love with this man? When did you fall in love with him? And she's sort of... What she, kind of hose do you use in your garden? Yeah. <laughs> Was it a rental hoe? Did you purchase your hoe? When? When did you hoe? Did you hoe in August? Uh, and to her credit, she's like, yeah, I do love him. And I think I've always loved him. It's, right. She does She's very that. honest. Yeah. She, of course, then collapses because it's all a bit much for her as well. Uh, it's a good feint. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> And it's it's intense. It's I, I don't find any of this to be this these type of scenes can very easily become funny, right? right. To our modern eyes, I don't get that from this personally. No, actually, I, you felt like that's the thing. A lot of things right. you felt in this, yeah, um, movie. Contemporary, uh, it still works. I really, I really think so. Richard takes the stand again, makes it very clear. Ellen was capable of anything. Yes. She was that kind of monster, or yes, she was that sort of monster. And so Richard basically just spills on all of it. Mm. And in doing so, uh, makes himself an accessory. Ruth is found not guilty, but Dick has to go away for a couple of years. And this is why, end of the longest flashback you can <laughs> conceive of. Yeah, the whole movie's a flashback. The entire movie's a flashback. <laughs> and we're back we're back at back of the moon yeah Maine, yep heading to back of the moon right right and glenn roby the totally uh ineffectual attorney like the worst attorney ever <laughs> like does nothing during this entire 15 minute zero trial sequence. investigation <laughs> yeah zero defense uh, no, no no further questions your honor it's like what, what are we paying you for glenn <laughs> for i guess for use of the ranch it is a very nice ranch so <laughs> Maybe that's the the hookup that they needed. All those billable hours. Yeah, why not? Yeah, all that. Oh, did they? Uh, how many hours did they spend dumping dad's ashes out on my property? Yeah, we can bill for that for sure. We can bill them for that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then we we end the film. You know, Glenn wraps up his little story, and uh, and we end at back of the moon where Richard rows his canoe up, and Ruth is there waiting for him. Oh, I missed this part. And. They are finally together, okay. back of the moon. Fuck you. And he is back there. This is the spot where Danny died. Apparently, he's been able to move past that. Mm. End of movie. Is there a part two? <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns out Ruth is twice Leave as crazy. <laughs> it was Ruth playing the long con. Okay. So this has been a very big, this is a big movie, right? Shrishma Nike. Yes. The ultimate question. Mm. Do we keep watching this? Yeah, I liked it. You did? Okay. Yeah. Now, you said that so far of all the films we've watched. This one was the... Yeah, okay. Because so, um, you can identify with... 
Not even that. I just, you know, it was more and like in general, I was more entertained by this one. Okay. And I was, you know, it wasn't like I, I, I watched it like all the way through and okay. there wasn't yeah, like yeah. any issues with attention span or anything like that. I'm, I'm glad to hear. I was a bit concerned yeah, be- because it is a lot of people from a long time ago right. standing around in rooms talking right. to each other. Um, no, but for, I'm glad to yeah. hear it. This one, for whatever reason, um, this one I, I enjoyed. Okay. And I would say we can keep watching it. Okay. That's great news. Um, it won't be on the top of my list. Okay. But it will, it will be there. Okay. Okay. Carolyn, we keep watching this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Keep watching this one. I love a crazy bitch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's one to know. Fair one. enough. Right. Hey, hey, oh. Just kidding. Um, no, I mean, I had never seen this before. I really enjoyed it. Again, I kind of didn't know what direction any of it was going to take. And um, I was pleasantly surprised and would totally watch it again and probably find some new things yeah. in it. Yeah, uh, it, I'm in total agreement. This is a, a very watchable movie. I love this movie. Uh, I'm really happy to have found it in a way, just because I you. It, so you also watched for the first time two years ago. Yeah, yeah, not, it's, not it's very recent in, in my world, and it's just very strange to me. It must have been a fairly lost film because I was that nerd, okay. you know, checking out movie books from the library. So I would have run into this at some point, but I don't. I just don't remember hearing anything about it. And it is shocking to me because this is a movie that I think holds up really well, still works. Yeah. It is as it crazy as anything that yeah. comes out nowadays. I hope um, Ellen is out up there also. I mean, I don't know what heaven would do to her, as, as, I, as I said. Um, I'm not sure he- I'm not sure what heaven's going to fix there. Um, but if we believe in reincarnation, um. I hope she came back as a peace more peaceful soul. Yeah, I hope so too that she wasn't quite as troubled. Very right. good for her. You guys think she made it to heaven? Um, no. I mean, <laughs> is this why? Okay, sure not. This is maybe this is coming together for me. Maybe this is why we're seeing so many sky shots, so many ceiling shots. Uh, maybe they keep referencing heaven is supposed to just be. You know, the universe in the background. Just we should always be thinking of heaven, like all looking up. Leave her to ceiling. That's what we should call the remake. Leave her to ceiling beams (laughs) (laughs) Guys, uh, so the other thing We we neglected to talk about At the beginning of the show But uh, now that we're at a premiere week What I wanted to do The purpose of starting in 1945 Is I want to give you some tentpole years So we're just going across Our entire window of time So 1945 covered This is what life is like As the war is coming to a close Next week. But they made no reference to the war in this movie. No, no, no. Like zero. Which is kind of interesting because, boy, the war is on everybody's minds right? at this time. Yeah. And it's mentioned in almost every film that you will see in this five-year period. So that is an interesting point that it's like a non-factor. And I wonder if it's because maybe the book was written pre-war? Mm. Maybe? Okay. I don't know. Be. I don't know. This is an era where, and we still see this a little bit today, but- Definitely best-selling books yeah. got uh, developed into films really quickly. A lot of the stuff we're going to be watching comes from a novel. So we're going to fast forward next week, 1955. Are you guys ready for this? Ooh. We're going to be watching The Seven-Year Itch. Yes. 
directed by Billy Wilder, starring this one. Marilyn Monroe, oh. Tom Ewell, mm-hmm. and Evelyn Keys. And I will give you a little mm-hmm. teaser. When his family goes away for the summer, a hitherto faithful husband with an overactive imagination is tempted by a beautiful neighbor. And so ends yet another episode of Old Movie Time Machine. Thank you for hanging in there for Leave Her to Heaven. Uh, Just, it remains. I mean, I just re-listened to this whole thing, and I I love it even more somehow. Go check it out if you didn't do so already. And if you enjoyed the conversation that you heard, please understand that it was way longer, like more than double the length of what you just heard. And you can find that... uh, uncut conversation over on our patreon feed we call it the boom room the link is in the show notes of course so you want to go check that out and for two dollars a month you can get complete uncut episodes it's like more than twice the content that you're getting here so check that out and meanwhile next wednesday our homework is the seven year itch with marilyn monroe and tommy ewell so if you're going to watch that with us and listen to us talk about it and be a part of the conversation later, you want to stream The Seven Year Itch at the following locations, DirecTV and uh, Spectrum On Demand. And you can also rent it with Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, Vudu, Microsoft, Redbox, and then again, DirecTV. And you can buy it at most of those places as well. But you can also buy it. This will blow your mind. Uh AMC on demand. And so go check out the seven year itch and we will see you here next Wednesday on old movie time machine. <laughs>